welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. This is so fun. Here we are back, all of us together. And I'm so happy to just spend the morning with you. Let's see, let's grab our friend. We are just gonna dive right in this morning. Let me get my stuff all ready. Um, we are in Elder Saban's talk today. Yeah. Oh, hello. It worked. It worked, everyone. Okay, this is so fun. Someone new on Inklings today. This is my daughter-in-law, Maria. Okay. who you've heard me talk about a million times. This is Desi's mom. So Desi's mom, Maria, is going to be joining us today. And we're studying Elder Saban's talk. So you'll want that. And then we're going to hop into Genesis 24 for a second and um, do uh, a little bit of study there. So we have so much to do. And... Everybody, how have you been? Because I haven't seen you for so many days. It feels like we just have to have a little catch-up for a second. Uh, what's the weather like in Oregon, Maria? Um, foggy. Okay. Cold. I just got back from dropping Luca off at the bus stop, and he was not happy that we had to be outside. It's freezing. <laughs> it's freezing. Okay, cold yeah. here, too. Everybody, Is it snowing? No, it's not snowing. It's just cold. Yeah. Um. And everyone, I'm feeling lots better. I've never been so sick in years. I was the sickest I have been. I can't even remember. Maria, have you ever even known me to be that sick before no. in your life? No. I mean, we're all wondering how you're doing, really. Because <laughs> so, it was, yeah, a crazy week. It was a crazy week. It was a crazy Thanksgiving, everyone. But I'm so happy. I'm feeling so much better. And Maria, look at my favorite part of yesterday. Oh no! Somebody sent me. Wait till you see this. No. Oh. Yes. They, they know how much you love them. They, and how did they even find them? We don't even right? know. But it's not in season. I slept with these right by my bed, everyone. So, um, I went to Africa. Here's the catch-up for my last three weeks, everyone. I went to Africa. It was amazing. I learned so many good things, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it um, in great detail for the next several months because it was actually a life-changing trip for me. And um, just had an amazing time and amazing experiences, and the people are so good. They're just good, good people there. And then... Um, on the way home, I got a little bit sick, and then I got sicker and sicker, and then everybody, all of a sudden for Thanksgiving, I had to get my gallbladder taken out. So it just was this crazy series of events that now I just spend a lot of time on my couch, and hopefully next week, I'm going to have a lot of energy back, and we'll just be back to normal. Um, I spent a couple days in the hospital, which is why I didn't come on last week because I was worried you guys would be super nervous if I was in a <laughs> hospital gown. We were all nervous. And, sure. <laughs> um, but by Friday, I was feeling better, and my nurse walked in one morning, and she didn't know who I was. And she said, oh, so this is what a chipper Emily Freeman looks like. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. I must be getting better. <laughs> you have an excuse yeah. to be miserable. Now, here we are talking about happiness. I know. This is a perfect week. And it actually was a really great week to be 
studying this whole entire um, talk because I don't know. I don't know if this is like this for everyone else, but Thanksgiving is one of those holidays for me. It, it can kind of be like there's just certain holidays where you get your hopes up and then sometimes it just always doesn't go the way that you planned. Maybe your kids didn't come over. Maybe you burnt the turkey or it just it seems like one of those holidays where it just maybe never turns out the way you had set your expectations for and for me that is always true about thanksgiving it just i don't know and so um some of you might be in that same spot where you're coming out of that week that was this week of gratitude and thanksgiving but also the reality of mortality and real life and reconciling both of those things and i just loved being in this talk for that for that reason um and i invited maria on purpose because one of the things i love most about this talk was how he spoke about his son with cystic fibrosis and finding happiness in uh mortality that isn't necessarily always happy you know and and navigating that and i loved the tips that he gave for all of us to just like hold on to and um and work through as we're navigating all of this. And that is true about Maria has a daughter with cystic fibrosis, Desi. And um, one of my children, as we were growing up, also had a diagnosis that he will live with for the rest of his life. And it just changes your perspective a little bit when you have someone in your immediate family who is going to struggle with mortality for all of mortality. Um, and then to talk about what does happiness actually look like in that situation. And I, I just, as I was reading, I thought, I bet there's a lot of us who are in that um, situation where we wish our mortality was Disneyland every single day. And in reality, we're just all doing the best we can and trying to find happiness there. So I thought it'd be fun to just dive right into the talk. And then in a minute, we'll get into the scriptures for a second. Um, and I, I had another idea because you know I'm never lacking for <laughs> ideas. Everybody of something that I wanted to think about. So um, I think it'd be fun to just dive in. And what was the biggest standout for you, even Maria, as you were listening? And then as you read the talk, just from your perspective and your point of view. Yeah. Oh, and we probably introduce you i always oh. never do so tell us where you live tell us about your kids tell us who you're married to all those yes things. okay i live in portland oregon i'm married to emily's oldest son caleb and he is doing his dermatology residency here at ohsu and we're almost done can I'm you believe we're in our last so year yes and then he decided he wanted to do a fellowship for another year so we'll see where that where that takes us if we if we get into that program um but yeah we have two kids so luca is the oldest he's six and then desi she's three almost four and i'm trying to think what else i mean i'm your favorite daughter <laughs> you guys know all my kids say they're my favorite everyone and my daughter-in-law's too and i tell them they are so we're I all your favorite god can have so many favorites so can i yes i think it's great so yeah he's doing mo he wants to do Mo's surgery um focusing on melanoma so that's exciting for him and yeah we have like a lot of just big things happening all at once so we should know in about a week or two if he matches into a fellowship program so that could take us anywhere and i'm really excited about this talk i first have to say though emily when you posted about being sick and you said you were a little under the weather i laughed so hard because <laughs> It was like the biggest understatement of the century and you just being so positive on like the week of gratitude. It had me cracking up, but I'm glad it's going better. <laughs> well, um, I just didn't want anyone to get overly concerned. Um, so I was just doing my best, but I was sad to miss Thanksgiving Inklings, everyone. Yeah. I, I did cry. Oh. 
when I posted the thing last week, Greg was sitting next to me and I'm just sobbing and he's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I've never missed a, a Thanksgiving Inklings before. So I told him, I'm just feeling sorry for myself right now. And yeah, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. And now look, here we all are. And, and it's all it, we were okay. all fine. We missed each other, but it was okay. Yeah. And you needed some rest. Um, Desi is downstairs um, watching a show by herself. I got like a bowl of all these snacks for her. I'm like, you just stay here, eat your snacks. So she might pop in at some point and say okay, that's so fun and visit. That'll yeah. be so fun. Oh, that is awesome. Um, okay, so let's think about this talk. Okay. And I really do want to know just when he started talking about it at conference and um, and what were your thoughts? What, yeah. what were your takeaways just at that first listening? Well, I was super excited because, um, you know, he has several children with cystic fibrosis. And so we, I have a special connection to this talk and to him as a person in that way. Um, I just, it's so meaningful to listen to his stories about his children and feel like I can connect to him on that level. And it's cool. We actually met Elder Saban, Caleb and I, when he came to Oregon for some church assignments and he took, he didn't have a lot of time, but he um, invited us to come sit with him just for a few minutes to talk about what life is like with cystic fibrosis. And it was so neat to hear him share, um, it's so different now cystic fibrosis is um, the treatments are changing and getting better and so to hear um, what they've been through mm -hmm. and what's getting better and what's changing just I feel so grateful that we are recipients of those blessings and those mm -hmm. medical advancements which is really cool and um, so when he when he started speaking and he said cystic fibrosis, we were like, yes, you can cross off the cystic fibrosis square on our bingo chart. Like we were just zoned in listening to his talk. And I think the one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was that story about his son at scout camp, Justin. Uh, wasn't it so good? Yes, that um, was one of my favorite parts. I still want to tear up. I right now because I'm you know, so proud of that scout master too yeah oh and I oh my goodness every time I read that story and the story of his daughter I I get teary too just because like I know you know Desi is still pretty young but I can imagine how he's feeling um sending Justin to scout camp and just praying please help him not be humiliated like help this be a good experience for him and I'll just read what he said. He he said, Justin was quite, quite frail due to cystic fibrosis, a disease he had been battling since birth. I wondered if he could pull the bow back far enough to send the arrow to the target. And then I love when he comes back and he he's so excited. He says, I got the marriage badge, the merit badge. I got a bullseye. It was on the target next to mine, but I hit a bullseye. <laughs> and then... I love how he said, this is so good. He had pulled the bow back with all his might and let the arrow fly, unable to control a trajectory. How grateful I am for that understanding archery instructor who never said, sorry, wrong target. Rather, upon seeing Justin's obvious limitations and earnest effort, he kindly responded, good job. And it's so sweet. I was thinking about um, just... Our, our mortal experience here and me kind of being like Justin and being so excited to come to earth and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do what's right when I get there. And then I'm going to come back to you. And then um, I can also see from Elder Saban's perspective, being like our heavenly father and just praying like, please help him to have a good experience or help her to have a good experience. And seeing our limitations and the things that we're going to lack. And 
then when we get there, just that our intention is to pull back with all of our might and let it fly and we might miss the mark um, and we often miss the mark but um just the power of god's grace to strengthen us and to polish and refine us and it's not about where the arrow flies but our intention and our effort to get it there and um i loved how um elder saban said um, that is how it will be for us if we do our very best to follow Christ and his prophets in spite of our limitations. And then he says, I bear you my witness of the divinity of the Savior of the world and of his redemptive love and power to heal, strengthen, and lift us when we are earnestly striving to come unto him. Mm. And that's that, so good. Yeah, that quote, just like, if we're earnestly striving, that is the most important. And um, anyway, and I, I love that I story. Love, there's so many parts of that story that I, that got my heart in that moment um, for, for, on so many levels, just like you're talking about where I could see it from Desi's point of view and yours. And I could see it from, like you were saying, my point of view and um, God's point of view and but that scout master for me um, that man who was standing there whatever he calls him and this is in paragraph nine um, the archery instructor I just thought to myself we need more archery instructors yeah that's what we need we need more of the person who can seal the limitation and can also see that we are like pulling back with all of our might. And even if our trajectory isn't quite right, they're still like, you are doing great right now. You're doing great because at least we're pointed toward the right direction. And maybe you want to think about people in my own life who maybe their trajectory seems off. And my first inclination is to want to say, you're doing it wrong, um, or you, you, you need to turn this way, you, you're turned too far this way, or um, to go in and, and try and do this correcting. And it was interesting to me as I sat back and thought that the arrow was pointed the right way. Um, like it wasn't like he turned around backwards and shot toward the people in line. <laughs> The, the his arrow what he actually was pointed the right way and um and he gave it all all he could and i love that the instructor instead of being like well try again or come back in a couple hours and let's see if your arms are stronger or you know was just like yeah great job good job and you did it and you got a bullseye you know that he just was like this is your best at this moment and don't you want to just think about like your own kids or people in your immediate family or people in your ward who need someone to just be like, good job. Um, like I can see you are giving this every effort you had and your best right now is good enough. Yeah. And I think we, we sometimes don't say that. I'll never forget. Um, Megan in fifth grade was really struggling with literacy, with reading. And by the time you get there, um, literacy affects everything. It, affect, it affects your math because you're doing story problems. It affects, obviously, your reading, your comprehension, your everything. And it got to the point where her body just wanted to just shut down because no matter where she went, she wasn't good enough. That's just what was happening. And... Um, we finally got to the point where working with a counselor at the school and her teacher, we decided not to grade her papers or her math. She would just get a check mark on it to say she had given it her best oh. effort and that she wouldn't come home and beat herself up for not getting the grade that she wanted. And that um, carrying that on for her took years to compensate for. And she had to learn tools and and she had to figure out what to do. And in junior high, um, she we would put report cards up on the fridge. And my boys both would come home with 3.9 and 4.0 report cards. And 
Megan would come home with all C's on her <sighs> report card and we would hang it up in a place of honor on the fridge, just like we did for the boys. And because it was Megan's best, it was her best effort was to get that. And we, we learned in our family to celebrate best effort, not to celebrate outcomes. And it ended up being a, a really important concept for Megan because she grew up and went through college and became a special ed teacher because of the experience that she had had and graduated with a 4.0 from college because she eventually had learned how to use the tools and how to use her best effort to accomplish the things she wanted to accomplish in life. And I think sometimes we accidentally get so caught up in the A's and in this is how it's supposed to look. And this is the outcome everyone else is getting. So this is the outcome my child should be hitting. And um, what, what if God would say to you, wait, wrong mark, wrong mark. Yeah. You, you set the wrong mark for that child. And that child is never going to yeah. hit that target. And that's going to be disappointing for both of you if that's where your focus is, if that's what you're fixated on. And learning how do we teach and celebrate effort along with limitation. That's reality. That's life. And I just love that he taught us that so well, because we might be the parent or you, you might have been that kid, but also we need more archery masters. And I just, I want to be better at that. Yeah. And I love that Megan is one of the best teachers you will ever meet. Um, and then also the scoutmaster had to know about this boy. He had to, he could have not really known about him, what he was struggling with. And then he could have easily compared him to the other boys in the group. But I love that he knew him on a level where he realized he had limitations and that he was giving his best effort. And so being like the scoutmaster, um, just entering into people's lives to a point where we can see what they struggle with. And I think just more compassion yes. comes with that and helping others on their mortal journey through life. Yeah. And I love this in the comments, it's progress, not perfection. Yeah. And that's so important for us to get that mindset and, and happiness. That is a hallmark of happiness is being able to say, um, it, it, to recognize the target is not always the goal. Yeah. And um, I think that helps us. That's a hallmark of happiness. So um, I loved too when he talked about the, um, we will never regret being too kind. Yeah. And that kind of plays off of this same, uh, this same story because that archery yeah. master was so kind to be able to have eyes like that and to be able to see like that. And I think there's, um, there's that thought about that kindness brings so much happiness into a life. Um, and, and we notice that everywhere, right? We notice it in the small things and, we notice it in the big things. I'll, I won't forget of my five days in the hospital, a CNA from Mexico on Wednesday afternoon who was just going about his work doing my um, blood pressure and my fever and my everything he was supposed to do. And he came in and out several times in the day and the night they would come through. But um, I had been by myself all Wednesday afternoon and he just pulled up a chair and sat down and said in his Spanish accent, would you like me to tell you a story? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes please. <laughs> I would love you to tell oh, me a story. And it's just those kind moments are the moments that you won't ever forget, you know? So I, I loved that, that kindness is a hallmark of happiness. I don't know if there was anything that stood out to you from that part. Yeah, I think that just he had such good one-liners and that was one of them um, that we just won't regret it if we if we look back at a situation and think, 
we would never say, oh, I was way too nice. Maybe we would. Yes. <laughs> um, just that's the most important thing. I love how he says it's synonymous with greatness. Yes. Um, don't you want to be great? Like, I just, I want to be, have that level of kindness yes. to where it makes me great. And then part of being kind is being forgiving and non-judgmental. And I just know wherever I look, if I go out and I'm driving or I'm in the store, I want people to be kind to me. Like I get really anxious when there's like not, when unkindness is happening somewhere. And even when I send my kid to school, I'm like, please help him to be kind and please help others to be kind to him. I. I just think it's so important and we don't always see it everywhere um, in life right now. And so just to remember that I like, I look for it and I need it everywhere I go. So then can I be better at yes. giving that to other people? And I feel like kindness is something we learn. Yeah. Um, it's something we have to actually practice. It doesn't always come naturally to all of us. And I, I love that thought of, I just need to work on this. It reminds me of, and this is the scripture that I felt so drawn to. And I just want to think about this for a minute. In Genesis 24, um, you remember when the servant goes to find a wife for Isaac. And it needs to be a covenant woman. That is what he wants. And it's going to require a long journey to go and find her. And when he, when he, when that servant talks about what he's looking for, um, it's going to be a woman who is kind and that she won't just bring him water, but remember she'll bring the camel's water and, and she'll do all of this. And when we read about her, she runs to get in. She hasted it. And we watch this whole moment of just great kindness. And then there is this one line in verse 23 that I love to just stop and think about because when everything happens, when all is said and done, um, the servant says to the girl whose daughter art thou and um, and he's asking because he's gonna go and he's gonna ask that father for the um, daughter to come back and marry Isaac but I love that thought after he watches her great kindness and the question that he says is whose daughter are you and it makes me think again about that mortal journey and about a father who prayed that when we got here, people, we would have a good experience and people would be kind to us. And if someone were to say to you, whose daughter are you? That you would say, I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents. That's whose daughter I am. And he taught me to be kind. He, he taught me to respond like this in situations. And I love the thought, just as we think about that, um, we will never regret being too kind and to think about Rebecca in that moment. And whose daughter are you? And how should you reflect that in your life? Like, what does that actually look like if that's whose daughter you are? And which then made me think about President Kimball in that talk that he gave in the 70s, where he talked about in the latter days, um, people would be led to the church in large numbers because the women would be distinct and different in happy ways. And when Elder Saban says a hallmark of happiness is kindness, that that's part of who we would be um, is, is kind. That's part of being happy. And I loved that thought. Yeah, I I like how you said um, we're learning to be kind also because um, I think it's important to recognize that sometimes we'll make mistakes in situations where we'll look back and think, oh, I could have been more kind. And I'm so grateful for repentance and the, the chance I get to like try again with people. And I wonder what Rebecca experienced in the past to know that he and all of his camels would need water. And sometimes it takes going through experiences where mm -hmm. we where we lack something um, or we see others lack that 
that observation brings us to be kind in the future. And I loved, I don't have the paragraph numbers, but it was kind of in that same section of being kind, the quote from President Russell M. Nelson. And he said, um, one of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. Mm. And immediately I want to be so compassionate and so kind because like you said, I want people to know whose I am. Yes. I, I want to be known as a follower of Christ. And if I can do my best to, to do that, then, you know, that's the most important thing to me. Yes. I love that so much. 26 and is the paragraph that that's in. And it just is a really sweet part of this hallmark of happiness. I loved that hallmark meant um, a distinctive characteristic of something or someone. That's her hallmark. Yeah. You would say that. And don't you love that thought of just saying kindness is her hallmark? Yeah. Um, that's who I know about her. And And if I was to ask you, someone you knew whose hallmark was kindness, don't you just have images in your mind that right off the bat, you're like, oh, I know exactly who yes. who I would share of this person who just her hallmark is kindness. And I love the thought of uh, aspiring to be that kind of woman, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a little Inklings group that we've got a text thread. And I love when I meet people and they talk about their Inklings groups all over the whole entire world. Um, <clears throat> that there are groups that gather and um, study together. And this morning, my Inklings group, I woke up to the text thread of everybody wanting to talk. And they wanted to talk about President Nelson's new book mm. and chapter eight in his new book. And it's a chapter that talks about women. And as they were talking about it and sharing their impressions from it, I was like, oh, that is what I want to do this week. I just want to go. I need to make sure it really is chapter eight. I might be kidding. Yeah. Anyone from Inklings who's on this morning, what, am I right about chapter eight? Um, and, because I also was studying Preach My Gospel last night, and now I'm confused, which is the right chapter from the right book. Um, but it made me think to myself, I, oh, it's chapter seven is what I'm finding out. Seven. It's chapter seven. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it's the best number. Oh. My favorite number, seven. Yes. And um, his book is Heart of the Matter. Yep. Heart, Heart of the, of the Matter, Matter, chapter seven. And I thought to myself, oh, should we just throw that into our Inklings study? Don't you want to hear what the prophet wants to teach us about women and um and being able to rise up into those happy and distinct and different and kind um women and so i did think i might get into that chapter this week and do a little bit of reading of just chapter seven of the heart of the matter and maybe we'll talk about that just a little bit in our upcoming yeah uh, seven is my favorite number, everyone, and it's because Holy it means in Hebrew complete. Um, so it it just it's a fullness of everything. So I just love that seven just means all is well. It's all of God's best and all of His fullness and all of His completeness and all of His everything is wrapped up into the number seven. So isn't that a great number? So, um, the heart of the matter, chapter seven, everyone, um, is, uh, would be just a, a fun, maybe just extra study that we'll do this week and just think about what do we learn about, um, these women. Um, I love as we're, we're talking about thinking celestial right now, that we really are aiming toward a mark of a higher way of living. That's what celestial means. It's those, it's that, it's the stars. It's that expanse of the sky. It's just a higher way of living. And I love that every one of these talks is helping us to just raise up 
a, a little bit in our life and in what we're doing and this is is one of them um okay so i'll say one more time the book the heart of the matter and people are saying you can listen to it on bookshelf or you they have it at desert book um it's chapter seven is the one that just talks about women and we might just love thinking about it together everybody so um i love that someone's currently 77 it's your best year i hope it's your best year Yes, that's what I hope for you. Um, okay, now I want to go to um, the um, life becomes magical part. Did you love that quote? In yes. This, talk? this this whole gratitude part was one of my favorites. Okay, so yes, let's, let's talk do. about that. So thirty two is the the place where the quote is that says, "When nothing is expected and everything is appreciated, life becomes." magical and i just think that really is um so true um that w when we can figure out that balance of expectation and appreci appreciation that life can become magical and it is so true because when i walked in the other day from the hospital and i had laid out this soft blanket that my neighbor had given me on my couch and i got out my favorite pink comforter blanket that I just love and my pillows and I lay down and I'm telling you I was in so much pain my entire body was but I lay down and I said to Greg I've never been so happy in my life and Greg started laughing so hard he was like for real and I was like well it's right now it was that moment where like expectation and appreciation had just come together in a really great way for me and i just i sunk into that couch and i just was like this is like the happiest i've been in all week is this one moment and i just i think there is something about expectation and appreci appreciation there's something about it um yeah. but what did you love about this oh i love that too and right before I loved how he said we are surrounded by innumerable blessings that we can easily take for granted if we are not mindful mm. and I love that word because last night I was talking to Caleb about this talk and about gratitude we just had Thanksgiving and so um, I thought you can't just tell somebody to be grateful and they're just magically grateful like how can you experience gratitude and i think that word mindful is key um because i think it takes effort i think it takes observation and i think sometimes it takes our expectations being lowered and maybe life circumstances will do that for us right like you were in the hospital and your expectations of what like made you the happiest in the world were lowered to oh i can be in my own bed or yes. whatever it is and yes. um so i think um to be grateful for those experiences that remind us um we can lower our expectation and still find that happiness i don't know if that's making sense yes. but um yeah just observing in your life um making that a mindful uh, practice and yes. caleb said a habit like if we can make it a habit to look for those things and then gratitude once you feel it it does it like breathes life into you and so i love that he used the word magical because life really does become like this magical thing with new mm. life mm. that's so good and and i think to um having experiences that allow our perspective to change yeah. um, to, to be able to actually practice recognizing gratitude become so important and i want to think more about that but while i'm thinking of it right now one of maria's greatest gifts in her entire life <laughs> is her ability to write thank you cards i do not know anyone who is better at thank you cards than maria and like i have them just all over my house because i'll generally keep them in fact i have one that's just sitting over on my desk and it was a note that maria had luca write to me after christmas a couple years ago and um at the bottom he they wrote the whole note about thank you and then he wrote at the bottom 
this is Luca at the bottom. <laughs> I had no idea who it was going to be from. And I just, those things become like these treasured things. But what I'm dying to know is who taught you how to write thank you notes? Like how did that become a practice for you? Yeah, good question. Um, my mom and she, both she and my dad will write a thank you note for everything. And it's so important to them for wedding gifts, whatever um, we would get. She ordered a pack of thank you cards and she said, you will write a thank you card to every single person who got you a gift and you will write like a paragraph. It's not just going to be like, thank you for the gift. And I just, um, I think it came from my grandfather. He had just passed recently, but something that he taught my mom was he discovered he wasn't very good at being grateful. He thought that was something that he could work on. And so he went and bought 365 postcards. And every day for a year, he thought of somebody he could express gratitude to. Mm -hmm. And he did that. So he would write it, he would wake up, he would think of somebody, he would write the note of gratitude, and he would send it. So every single day for a year, until it became a habit. Mm -hmm. And um that, that changed life for him and perspective and appreciation for people and experiences and so i don't know i love to i have this little prayer journal that i in the morning i don't get to it every day but i try to it's kind of like a prayer gratitude journal and i think it does help to write down the things that we're grateful for and that we can um, not just recognize, but really write it down so it's like implanted in our brains. Um, I loved his quote, Elder Sabin's quote, you will never be happier than you are grateful. Yes. And so then it, it makes me think I want to be more grateful because I want to be happier. And um, I was actually thinking about um well let's see where is that story of jennifer oh yeah elder saban's daughter jennifer she yeah, was in, in paragraph 30 oh yeah I bet is where you. you were yeah yeah where she needed a double lung transplant and she had just been so used to not being able to breathe and the story gets me because we've had um some scary nights of Desi not being able to breathe very well and it's so hard as a parent just to watch her and not be able to help and I can't imagine just like all of this damage done to her lungs and her needing a transplant and it was a high-risk surgery and her incredible faith that she was telling Elder Saban like it's okay either I'll have new lungs or I'll be in a better place that's incredible faith for a 16 year old um and then I love when she wakes up and they take her off the ventilator and the surgery went well, that she starts crying. And she he said, seeing our concern, she quickly exclaimed, it's just so good to breathe. And how he every day thanks Heavenly Father for his ability to breathe. And he was able to observe that in his daughter that like we can't take that for granted and just the gratitude that he is able to express and um i've shared this story before on instagram but with desi um when she was first diagnosed with cystic fibrosis obviously we were not happy about mm -hmm. the situation and we were devastated and i was definitely grieving um it was hard for me to look for the positive things in this experience. And we would spend every day doing therapies, um, giving her medicine, um, helping her gain weight. So many things I could tell you that just became my life day after day after day. And it wasn't something I ever expected for our family to experience. And um, we would sit with Desi on our lap for an hour in the morning 
an hour at night to do her therapy. She's coming in right now to say hello. Just okay, so good fun. Desi. She's she's giggling. Oh, say hi to Nana. Hi, Desi. So she, we would sit with her on our lap and we'd have to hold it on her face, the nebulizer breathing treatment and um, do her vest. Um, or at first, you know this, we would have to pound physically, manually with our hands. We'd have to pound out the um, sticky mucus in her lungs. And um, soon, like it took a few years, which I'm sad to say that, um, oh, <laughs> we can still see you. Um, thanks, Desi. Hey, we're gonna go get some pineapples. Can you get some pineapples? You go get it, and I'll get you some. Can you run? No, we'll just keep going. So it came to a point where I started to feel so grateful for the time that she would sit on my lap because I she was getting bigger and every time we would sit together she would just like hold my hand or my fingers with her her tiny little hand and she um she would just snuggle up with us and we got to always just hold her kiss her cheek and she started growing up and I realized she was gonna be too big soon to sit on my lap and I just felt so sad, but equally grateful because like in what circumstance would I have two hours every day to sit and hold my little girl in that way? I wouldn't have had that if she wouldn't have been sick. And of course we don't want her to be sick, but just the gratitude I felt that this was a gift Heavenly Father had given me. And it was funny because Caleb and I eventually started fighting over who got to do her therapy because it just became this special time for us. And I'll just never forget that where like before I was, I always quote this before I was blind, but now I see because I didn't realize like the blessings that would come from this experience. And now whenever she doesn't love to sit on my lap anymore, <laughs> which is so sad, but anytime she does sit on my lap, I just, my heart is so full of gratitude because I don't get to do that as much anymore. And I just, I feel so grateful, even though we have these challenging things um, to find the good in it. Mm. And I wouldn't have had that closeness with her any other way. So I just love this whole idea of when you feel that gratitude and are grateful for things that you are happy. And I can, I can tell you, Desi is so happy. I am so happy. Whereas like three years ago, I was in a really dark place. You know, you were there. <laughs> I really struggled and um the other day we went on a walk as a family and i don't know if you've been to oregon or the northwest when it's fall time but it is beautiful mm. and we we were walking around as a family on sunday and i just remember like every couple minutes just feeling like this wave of gratitude like look how beautiful the trees are and we are, we have our family and we're together and you know, all these things coming through my mind. Um, and Desi's disease hasn't gone away. She still has it and she'll always have it in this life. So that hasn't changed. But my perspective and my focus on the Savior and what he can do for us has made me feel this joy that I I never thought three years ago I would be able to feel. And I took my phone out and I'm taking pictures because it was one of those days where I was like, I don't want to forget this feeling and how I'm feeling and just how grateful I am for the Savior. And um, I learned so much about him because of Desi mm -hmm. and the struggle that we've been through and just the strengths that we can pull from him. And it brings happiness. That's so good.
And uh, it's such a great perspective for thinking celestial. It, it really is because sometimes that feels so hard and we're all going to have those dark days and we're going to have the days where we wonder if we will feel joy again and, and actually be able to embrace joy yeah. again, even in the hard part. And I just love knowing there's going to be some of us who are in that dark place right now. And there's some of us just coming out of it. And that's why we have each other that um, like what you were talking about, what had happened in her life before Rebecca's that prompted her to be so kind in that moment to know how to take care of the man and his camels. And I think it's going through those really dark times yes. that that enables that cavity for kindness to be filled and then expressed and, and to realize that with all of us here in these communities, with our, with our people and, and as women, we carry each other through the dark and the joy. And we, we help each other um, keep our arrow on the mark and, and find our trajectory and to think celestial and we just we carry each other through it's just such a great principle and to realize even in the midst of mortality we can be happy we can yeah and there's so many great tips here for how that might happen so just such a good conversation today and maybe needed at where we are right now in between thanksgiving and Christmas that just that reminder of it's going to be okay and your your best is good enough right now and um, there are um, happy things all around and, and maybe adjust your expectation and your appreciation and um, let him just work in us to find that that happy place so so many good things Maria it was yes. so fun when you came to I, Inklings really I really know fun. thanks and for you, having me and cute I know and when cute oh, and now I'm, showed up for now I'm just surprise in the dark yes because turn the light off <laughs> I know oh it's so fun now she can go have some pineapple yeah. and um then happy Thursday everyone and I will see you again next week it'll be so fun thank you so much hey have Bye. a good day Bye, everyone Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.